Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we have another win to talk about, folks. That's right. The Giants finally did it. They snapped the Eagles' eight-game winning streak over them, 27-17. A Giants win their second one in a row and a win that puts them actually in second place in the NFC East. I think in the past, I might've said it would give them a tie if they managed to win. And it's actually, they're in second place. I believe they're a half game out now um, from uh, behind the Eagles for uh, first place in the division. But more importantly, the Giants now three and two against NFC East opponents in really good shape. Um, if they, if they, want to make a run for the playoffs, but, uh, you know, they're not talking about that, but Hey, we will, because it's been so, so long since the giants have, have actually shown promise and what a, a weird year. I mean, three wins for the giants, two in a row, as I said, and, um, just those little signs of improvement that I've been talking about now on the show now for weeks, they're starting to show up. They're starting to stack them together and create something that I think is going to be very special for this team. Uh, the Giants three and seven heading into the bye week. And we're going to break down the Giants win on this show today. Uh, very happy occasion. Always great to talk about a victory Monday. All right, folks, let's get to it. We're going to kick it off with the offense, the offense, uh, today held the ball 31 minutes, 43 seconds to the Eagles, 28 minutes, 17 seconds right there. Um, you had a good indication that the game would be won. But let's talk about the running game, shall we? The Giants ran the ball 36 times for 151 yards, three rushing touchdowns. That's an average of 4.2 yards per carry. Um, Daniel Jones was the rushing yardage leader with 64 yards, including a 34-yarder on a zone read option, which went for a touchdown. But more importantly, folks, this is the fifth game in a row the Giants running game has managed to rush for over 100 yards. Okay, and this is without Saquon Barkley, I might add. The Giants offensive line doing a really, really good job run blocking um, and the Giants taking advantage of it. Wayne Gallman had yet another game with a touchdown run. I think this is now four in a row for him. Uh, he had two in this game and he's really running well. I mean, you look at his numbers in this game. 18 carries, 53 yards, which comes out to a 2.9 average. But again, two touchdowns in that mix. And really the running game, I mean, fantastic. Just if I had said to you that the Giants would be able to do that, run five straight in a row with 100 or more yards collectively without Saquon Barkley, you probably would have, wouldn't have believed me. I know I wouldn't have believed me. Um just a great effort by the running game. The run blocking solid. And this is with that rotation that they continue with the tackles. Um, this is this was also with uh, Kevin Zeitler having to leave the game in the fourth quarter due to a concussion. 
uh, Will Hernandez came in, um, actually went to his left guard spot, and that kicked Shane Lemieux over to the right guard spot. So just really a good uh, showing by the running game. Let's talk now about Daniel Jones, because I think Daniel Jones was the star of this of the offensive performance. 21 of 28, that's about 75% completely. Uh, 75% completion rate, 244 yards. He had three sacks, but two of those sacks were really coverage type of sacks. So just really one I, I would put on the offensive line. No touchdowns, no interceptions, a, a 100.9 rating, no turnovers. That is the big thing. And not only were there no turnovers, but he did not put that ball on the ground at all. Unlike last week in the win against Washington, where he did put the ball on the ground. It just so happened that it didn't count because it was out of bounds. So he did a really, really good job of hanging on to the ball and protecting the ball. And the important thing with Jones that I want to mention is he's done a really, really nice job of being smarter with the ball. He's taking um, fewer chances when they're not there and just basically taking what the offense gives him, which he wasn't really doing, um, you know, he wasn't really doing that before. And how nice was that to see with Daniel Jones, who has taken a lot of flack from from the fans, you know, some fans wanting Trevor Lawrence next year or Justin Fields or another quarterback. But, you know, look, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Daniel Jones, he was in a new offensive system, not like the one he ran last year. The kid needed an opportunity to get comfortable in this offense. And I think he finally is comfortable in this offense. And you're starting to see it. You saw it maybe three or four weeks ago. It started to really show up, I think, in drips and drabs. And today, Sunday against the Eagles, it it manifested. It finally showed an you know, in, in large scale um, clumps and just a solid overall game by Daniel Jones, not making any mistakes, keeping the game, you know, keeping his team in it and just, you know, having, like I said, the, probably the best game of his short career. You're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the defense and the job that they did. So stay with us. Hey, New York Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about my new book, The Big 50, New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This book is a comprehensive collection of stories and events highlighting some of the most memorable moments in the New York Giants franchise history, including unforgettable moments like the four Super Bowls, the Eli Manning trade, the greatest game ever played, the transformation of head coach Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, and so many more. The book also takes you behind the scenes on some of the franchise's changing moments, such as the fumble, the passings of Wellington Mara and Bob Tisch, the final farewell of the old Giants Stadium, and so much more. Featuring 50 chapters and over 300 pages of rich storytelling and detail complete with loads of photos, this paperback will transport you back in time to the memories as they unfolded and give you a look behind the scenes at some of the men who made them happen. With a foreword written by former general manager Ernie Accorsi, the Big 50 New York Giants is a must-have for every New York Giants fan. 
So be sure to pick up your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever else books are sold. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trana here with you, and we are doing a Victory Monday. It is the Giants beating the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. Really, the Giants never uh, falling behind the Eagles. They jumped out to a 7-0 lead in the first quarter. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was a solid performance, and... We talked a little bit about the offense in the last segment. Let's talk a little bit about the defense. And there's two numbers that really stand out to me about the performance by the defense. Um, the first one that I think everybody talked about a little bit is third down efficiency. The Giants shut the Eagles down, held them to zero of nine in third down. That's right. The Eagles had no third down conversions. And a big part of that was the Giants were so effective on first and second downs. Eagles coach Doug Peterson after the game, when he was asked about the third down uh, struggles that they had, basically said that the Giants smothered them forced them into third and long. And when you force a team into third and long and you kind of know what's coming, then you can get the pass rush after them and kind of disrupt things. And that's exactly what the Giants did. Did a really good job of uh, keeping the Eagles back on their heels. Now, the other number that I ha I happened to notice that really kind of surprised me and uh, I think was a big part of that was the Giants recorded 13 quarterback hits against Carson Wentz. And of those 13, three went for sacks. Now that's just amazing. I mean, 13 hits. Usually you see maybe eight, you know, six, seven, eight hits during the course of the day uh, of a game. But um, I'm just looking here, 13. So Carson Wentz had 37 pass attempts. So that would be about maybe 40 total dropbacks, all right? So let's do a little math here. If he had 40 dropbacks and uh, he was he was hit 13 times, so that's about 32.5% of his dropbacks in which he was hit or pressured of some sort. That's pretty good. That's got to be like a, a season high for the Giants. I don't have the, you know, the stats in front of me, but I'd be willing to bet that's, that's a season high. That Eagle offensive line had no answers for the Giants defense and just a tremendous job by them and just, you know, keeping Carson Wentz basically trying to figure things out. The Eagles, uh, tr you know, Carson Wentz afterwards saying that the, that the Giants threw some looks at them where they basically confused him. And, and you know, you could see that on the television broadcast that the Giants were rolling their coverages. That, you know, they had one look and then they would roll things down and have another look. And just really, really a good job by defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and the players to keep Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense off balance. Uh, one player whose performance I really want to mention because he, I thought he had one of his best games as a Giant, uh, Jabril Peppers. Ended up leading the team with seven tackles, had a half a sack, which he split with Trent Harris, 
had two tackles for a loss and a quarterback hit. Not bad, folks. Not bad at all. And listen, can we talk a little bit about James Bradbury here? Now, Bradbury led the team with two passes defense. He had that big pass breakup on fourth down. I think it was fourth and 10 late in the game. And maybe it was just me, but boy, was I scratching my head over the Eagles' decision to try to attack James Bradbury in his, in that particular situation. I mean, Bradbury's only been the Giants' best cornerback. Why they would go after him in that situation, I, I have no idea. I don't know what Doug Peterson was thinking, but they did it. Bradbury knocked the pass away. The Giants' victory, of course, preserved. Uh, one other guy who had a, a really productive day, Leonard Williams had five of the aforementioned 13 quarterback hits, finished with two tackles, one assisted, one solo. Um, Leonard Williams, he's having a banner year this year, folks. I mean, he's really cranked up his game um, and, and just, you know, he wants that new contract. Obviously, he wants to be paid and he's doing everything possible to get paid. So kudos to Leonard Williams for delivering yet another fine performance and uh, just, you know, really a great job by the Giants defense. You know, they, they did have the one uh, breakdown on in the run defense where uh, Boston Scott ran for 56 yards on a, a touchdown run. Um, but you take those 56 yards out of the equation, Giants defense only allows like 100 gross yards. I don't know what the net yardage was, but it comes out to like, I think, 100, maybe under 100. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, the Giants, I mean, the pass defense, like I said, I think the, the best performance was tight end Richard Rogers, who had four catches for 60 yards. Um, other than that, uh, really nothing from, from the Eagles passing game because Wentz did not throw any touchdown passes. So good job by the Giants defense on the, uh, in the game. All right, folks, stay with us. When we come back, we've got to give you a shout out to the Giants special teams for yet another tremendous performance. Have you tried the all new and improved built bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, you'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew, and most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we have a victory Monday. Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. They are now in second place in the division, and they are playing meaningful football in November, folks. That's right. The season wasn't end- over in October like it's been the last few years, and they're actually going to be playing a meaningful football game after Thanksgiving, so... 
that's really tremendous. You know, I, I, it's been long overdue and I, I'm, I'm just like giddy. I'm beside myself. I mean, I've, it's been so long with all the losses that I, I forgot what this was like and, uh, I'm enjoying it. I hope you guys are as well. So let's continue with some thoughts, observations and whatnot from the Giants win. Got to talk about special teams. Now, I feel like I talk about special teams every time I do one of these shows and they certainly deserve it. All right. Let's start with the punting game. Riley Dixon, tremendous punter. I mean, I think he had a long of 71 yards. And I think I remember when he uh, kicked it, I called him boom, boomer. Uh, because that's what this guy's been doing. He's been booming his kicks and just been, you know, making it so easy for his coverage team. And speaking of his coverage team, how about this? Three of, um, I'm sorry, four of Dixon's uh, puns, all four of them, landed inside the 20. Of those, three were downed. Okay, CJ Board, I think, had one downed. Um, and I forget who the other was who downed the others, but I know CJ Board was definitely one of them. One the uh, fourth punt was was a fair catch. They forced a fair catch. So the Eagles generated zero return yards, which means Riley Dixon with his fifty-three point three average netted fifty-three point three. Okay, if that's not special team player of the week award worthy, I don't know what is. I really don't. So great job by Riley Dixon and the punt coverage team. Jabril Peppers, let's talk about him. Peppers was the uh, punt returner for the Giants this week since uh, Dante Pettis was not active. I think Dante Pettis will see probably uh, after the bye. Um, you know, Thomas McGay, he had hinted that Pettis would probably not be ready to go this week. And of course he wasn't, but Jabril Peppers did a pretty good job. Four returns, 47 yards. That's an 11.8 average. Not bad. Anytime you can get a punt returner to return more than to, to average over 10 yards, that's pretty good. Uh, Peppers did have a, a long of 20 yards and I think one punt was down by the Eagles. Uh, that was a punt that I think was down inside the Giants 10 yard line, I want to say. Um, kickoff returns, not, you know, probably if you, if you're talking about the, you know, the weak part of the special teams, kickoff returns, that would probably be it. Dion Lewis with two returns for 35 yards and an average of 17.5 yards per return. You want it to be at least 25, I think, you know, that that's just, you know, not too great. Um, and then let's talk about Graham Gano, who, as I mentioned, signed a new contract or actually a contract extension after the win. Um, Gano has now made 20 field goal attempts in a row. Um, the, the team record is 29. It's, it was held by Josh Brown, who did it from 2014 to 2015. So Gano right now is tied with Aldrich Rosas, who did it, um, a couple of years ago. Uh, Gano this week had field goals of 35 and 44 yards, easy chip shots for him. And his kickoffs, let me just see real quick. His, his, uh, kickoffs, um, Boston Scott returned just two out of the six kickoffs 
that the Giants had two returns for 35 yards, an average of 17.5 yards per return, a long of 20. Otherwise, Gano got four into the end zone for touchbacks. Really a strong showing there. So uh, just a real overall good example of playing complementary football by the Giants. You know, no one unit had to carry the other or the other two. It was just all around solid football. But the big takeaway, folks, is Daniel Jones. This is, I guess you could say, the game that he has come of age. And, you know, I know a lot of people on Twitter, when I asked about the, you know, if they feel more comfortable now with Jones, they're like, well, he's got to continue to show it. And And you're right, he does. He has to show it. You can't. You know, you got to hope it's not a one-hit wonder. But you know what, folks? He's been trending towards this for the last month, I would say. And it was really nice to see him and the Giants finally reach that point in the development. So, all right, folks, that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in. And uh, certainly a great week ahead. The Giants on a bye. So uh, we will have some thoughts uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to see if I can grab a guest at some point during the week. And then, of course, on Friday, we'll have our, our mailbag. So we will do shows all this week. Hope you will tune in. Until the next time, thank you so much. This is Patricia Trana signing off.